0: Usually when you think writing, you think blogs, you think Twitter probably, but LinkedIn wasn't really like, you know, in the forefront. So how did that come? You said that when you first picked up LinkedIn, you posted a picture that you would probably post on Instagram. Why is that a bad thing?
1: No, it's not a bad thing, but it's a very hilarious thing.
0: Like, have you ever done any brand collaboration? Or is it something which is like a complete no-no when it comes to your profile?
1: So, it's I don't see it as a brand collaboration, I see it as a brand story. Calm down before you stress up the groove The energy
0: a little different when the blessings accrue cool. Hey, who you talking to? Just know I ain't no regular fool Could be anything in the world, but I can never be you Because I had all Hey guys, today in this podcast episode we will learn how do you gain 1.5 lakh plus followers on LinkedIn. First, when you content creation, it so LinkedIn LinkedIn, Instagram maybe YouTube comes, but Radhika has gained more than 1.5 lakh followers with the power of good content. Also, she got into LinkedIn's top voices that is huge and all of this while doing a full-time job that she absolutely loves let's get into a journey in today's episode of the cntc show and before you move forward do like share and comment hey radhika welcome to the cntc show how are you doing
1: i'm doing great thanks a lot for having me and i'm quite excited to you know you're about your rapid fire questions which you spoke to me just a while back I'm quite excited to see what's coming in
0: We've gotten a lot of secrets actually from that rapid fire, I mean, I think it could easily become like a full blown, um, you know, uh, controversy if if you just combine all the questions from that rapid fire, but uh, excited to have you here as well. Long time. I mean, um, I think we're trying to just curate this for the longest time and I'm I'm so glad that we're finally sitting together and doing this. And this is one question which uh, whenever we start the podcast, before starting this, I, I love to ask this question. A question that I find very difficult to answer. A fairly simple one though. Um, is if you had to declutter everything and just have to describe yourself in two words, what would those two words be?
1: Um, the first word would be a seeker. And the second word would be a person with uh, curiosity, lots of curiosity. And the both uh, words are intertwined in uh, every direction, I would say.
0: I found you through LinkedIn. I um, I read a bunch of your articles and then just kept reading on and on about them. And um, a lot of interesting stuff. I think as a journalist, um, can we call you a journalist?
1: Oh, yeah, you can call me you can call me anything from sadhu to a teacher to a doctor anything you can call me these names are just given by the society
0: okay so I'll I'll call you Radhika itself but as a as a content creator as a as a LinkedIn content creator I just uh, I kept reading on and on um, how did writing come into your life and, and more than that when did you discover LinkedIn as the like the platform? Because usually when you think writing, you think blogs, you think Twitter probably. But LinkedIn wasn't really like, you know, in the forefront. So how did that come?
1: Yeah. So like many people have a knack for writing and that's how they land up in the space. But unlike those people, I never thought that I could write well. I just used to scribble some words down. And uh, that scribbling just uh, came in one of my friend's hand. One day and he's like, oh my God, you write so well. Why don't you try your hand at freelance content writing? You know, and I'm like, what are you even speaking about? This is something that I've just written down because I was having some thoughts in my mind. And he said, that's lovely. I mean, that's the starting point of becoming a writer. That's how you travel the journey along, you know. Uh, you know, it's very important to have the right kind of people around you who can tell you your strengths, who can tell you uh, that, you know, you are a thinker and this is what that you will be good at doing so i think uh, that belief should be both uh, from both the ways you know even you should have belief in the person as to whatever they're saying and the person should also believe in your potential so i think that happened and that's how i started doing freelance um, you know writing i took many projects in my college and you know the money that we got out of it while we were young, <laughs> used to be uh, very attractive because you know you had this fascination of roaming around in a new city. And Bombay was a city that I didn't explore uh, before because I'm not from Bombay. I'm from a small town called Pachora, and then I moved on to Nasik for my further studies. So I had this fascination of exploring different places, and for that, of course, uh, our currency, uh, the most respectful currency, is required. You know, to take us to places. So I think that. Uh, A gift that I got from freelance writing was something that motivated me to continue. Of course, writing was something that I was diving deep into as time passed by. I was exploring my own self as I wrote on different kind of topics for different kind of people. And then I thought to myself that it's time for me to start writing for myself as well. But I I never knew that I could write on LinkedIn, you know. On um, one fine day, you know, we were just told in the entrepreneurship cell of our college to make LinkedIn profiles because uh, I was a part of the marketing team and it was mandatory for us to at least get two to three sponsors and there's no other way to connect to professionals than on LinkedIn so we made the profile I still remember my first profile picture it was just some uh, you know glamorous picture which people have on their Instagram or WhatsApp DPs because I really didn't know what LinkedIn is all about you know and now that I look back I just uh, laugh at it and I'm like, oh my God, how silly I was. But, you know, those are also times uh, that, you know, give you some kind of a learning. So I never regret any kind of moment that I've had so far. But, you know, that's how LinkedIn started. That's how I came on the platform for the longest time. uh, As far as I remember, I really didn't understand the gist of what the platform is trying to bring about and uh, the value that people are trying to bring about with their content. And, you know, I was just uh, going back to home one day. I just attended this uh, entrepreneurship boot camp in Ismi in a college in Bombay. And I was very motivated by the way youngsters spoke and everyone spoke on the topic of entrepreneurship. I thought to myself that, okay, now it's time that even I should do something. Uh, it's been a while that I haven't stepped into something very challenging. So while going back home, I peeped into my friend's phone, and he was scrolling through LinkedIn. You know, I just happened to ask him that, "What is it that people do on LinkedIn?" And in that journey of one hour to home, I understood the whole platform. I understood what people write, and then from there, it was a exploratory journey for myself. I still remember when people in library used to study for CA or CFA. I just used to explore what people are writing on LinkedIn, and I was trying to explore the niche that I can contribute in on LinkedIn. You know, because I can't just randomly start writing just for the heck of writing, you know. I had to find where my deep interest is and then get onto it. So I just started with a random philosophical content one day. (laughs) I was just staring out of the library window and I happened to write a post which just got three likes. Uh, Of course, as any human would be, I was disappointed and disheartened. (laughs) But then again, I said that, uh, you know, it's just the start. And how does it even matter? It's, uh, it's the inner happiness that should matter. You know, at the end of the day, I felt very satisfied after writing down my first post. And from there, I didn't ever look back. You know, I just kept writing. I kept exploring different niches. I've written in many different areas. But newspapers was something that I really got attracted to. Initially, I was very averse to the idea of reading newspapers on a daily basis. I just didn't like that. But I think it's when you yourself put into something, that's when you start growing into it. You can't ever do something that other person has told you to do. So that's how I started writing on current affairs and till date I do that. So that's how my journey on LinkedIn has been.
0: It's quite an incredible story and we'll we'll actually talk about it. One thing which I picked up which really fascinated me was... uh, you said that when you first picked up LinkedIn, you posted a picture that you would probably post on Instagram. Why is that a bad thing?
1: No, it's not a bad thing, but it's a very hilarious thing because right now when I see my some of my friends putting up that picture, they come and ask me that what is the kind of picture that I should be putting up, you know, to just portray a kind of uh, first impression, you know. Because if you're reaching out to a professional for sponsorship or whatever reason, I think it's your profile picture which says a lot because your eyes, the way you look into the camera, it really shows what kind of a personality you have also apart from the description that you have written. So I think in that sense, considering the optics of picture is very important. And if you, of course, want to get something off the platform, then you also need to consider what others will think, how others will perceive your picture. But if you're just doing it for yourself, your, your, our own fun. I mean, it's absolutely fine. No harm in putting up a picture uh, in a Halloween outfit also. I mean, it's totally up to you.
0: Let's assume like a, like a professional environment and an environment where we are looking for, let's say, sponsorships or doing business development or doing sales. Something which a lot of people use LinkedIn for or just general networking. In that case, what are some of the do's and don'ts according to you for like this picture that we're talking about, right? Like what should we possibly do?
1: For the profile picture, specifically is talking. Uh, I think there are no specific guidelines and that's the reason how people are so creative with whatever they do. If there was a prescription, people would have just followed it bri- blindly like they follow religion. <laughs> but uh, I feel that uh, the freedom makes people explore creativity and I think that's a good thing to do. So I wouldn't prescribe anything to anyone. But the only thing that I would say is that identify your purpose on being of being on the platform and serve everything to you know get that purpose done don't don't go opposite of what you're trying to achieve just be in sync of whatever you want from the platform and i think you'll find answers on your own then
0: you picked up linkedin but um, there are other content writing platforms as well now i understand that when things happen around you they influence you a lot if let's say i start hanging out with a bunch of content creators probably i'll also start creating content right just a thought now of course like i understand that part is there but was there ever a thought that probably uh, you shouldn't be dependent on um, a platform for the kind of um, validation or views or engagement that you're getting um, and you should probably go for like your own blog or some other platform because that would give you much more freedom to not just a, express yourself we curate the environment around those writings which is more personal to you and your you know content
1: Yeah, no, I think the idea when you think that a platform is only meant for a specific purpose defeats the whole purpose. You should be able to post anything on any given platform. Nobody has told you that, you know, on LinkedIn, your content should be around news or business only. You can even write about fashion, about music, be whatever, you know, I think that's the mindset that we have which is blocking us from taking any step. Be it your own blog. Why don't you make LinkedIn as your own blog? It's your own profile, right? Why don't you consider it as your own? I mean, the moment you think in your mind that, you know, you are being judged by what people think, you will be judged. If you don't think in that that direction, it the thought would, won't just come into your mind. So I think it's just a play.
0: Uh, actually, I was trying to ask a question in a slightly different direction. So let's picture this, right? When... Uh, the reason most companies try to, uh, initially, of course, everybody runs like huge marketing campaigns. But whenever you do any form of marketing, you're dependent on a, on a certain entity which comes in the middle of you and the users. And the end goal for any company is a, to gain direct leads, um, gain direct users, right? And from that perspective, if, uh, and we'll actually come to uh, like another question that I've related to this later, but... When it comes to that gaining direct users become really important. So it's it's more so about whether you have have you've, you've wanted to gain direct users than having LinkedIn curate your content the way LinkedIn wants it to or LinkedIn's algorithm wants it to because has it happened ever happened to you like has it has thought ever come to you?
1: No, like I told you that I never started writing on the platform with an intention of getting eyeballs or with an intention of building my brand. All of it has happened naturally and organically. And till date, I don't expect that. You know, people say that you have a lot of followers. Do you get brand collaborations, this, that? I'm like, even if I do get it, it just doesn't matter to me. I am on the platform because I love writing. I love writing on the topics. And it just makes me keep up with the newspapers and the daily updates. You know, it is something that satisfies me. And I think that's the most important thing. It just doesn't matter whether... Uh, it's for a professional purpose that I'm on LinkedIn or personal. It's just something that gives me happiness and that's why I'm doing it. So the question that you're asking me, if I get users, viewers, all of that is just irrelevant.
0: Like have you ever done any brand collaboration or is this something which is like a complete no-no when it comes to your profile?
1: So it's I don't see it as a brand collaboration. I see it as a brand story. If a story is something that resonates with what I write and what I believe in, I will definitely go about it. Research more. I will never go with a brief that the agency or the brand is giving me. I'll look into my own facts and I am very straight whenever I talk to a brand. You know, I'm like, I will be posting my own content. Your brand name will be there. If you're fine with it, we'll do it. Otherwise, no, no worries. There are other people who can help you with it. So only if I find the story meaningful and if I think that I can provide value from the content to my audience, then only I go ahead with it.
0: So you've never thought of making this like a full-time profession because just getting to the next question, which I'm really curious to know of you work in a law firm, which is, uh, a little different when it, when it comes to your, uh, like a- academic background or what you do on LinkedIn. would love to know more about how did you end up here, right? Which I think would answer a lot more questions on why do you not consider LinkedIn as your primary uh, job profession, right? As a content creator, would love to know the story.
1: So there's this, uh, you know, human psychology and natural phenomena that the more you run towards something, the more it runs away from you. And that's how people say, you know, the more you chase money, the more you'll be poor. So I think that's the reason, you know, I, I really don't expect anything from LinkedIn. And I think that's the reason why it has given me more and more. I got this, uh, you know, role in a law firm through LinkedIn itself. You know, one of my posts was uh, trending for some reason. And it came across, uh, you know, one of the people in the firm and that's how they got in touch with me and that's how I'm here. So I think uh, unknowingly, LinkedIn has given me a lot and I really appreciate that fact. And my natural condition as a human is always to just flow with whatever is coming my way. I never, you know, plan a lot for future. I just live in the present and I just make sure that I do my best in whatever I am doing.
0: What does your job look like? I, I see that you don't share a lot about this job in particular. Whenever I look at your post there about like, you know, companies or some stories, some founder story. And while that's a, like really interesting, I would love to know, what does Radhika's day look like? Um, what does she work on? What, what are some of the projects that you take up?
1: Oh, my day looks uh, very unorganized yet organized, I would say. Because I don't plan my day. But uh, when I start working, it comes into a good structure and format for me. So I really start my day by reading newspapers. That's something that I never miss out on. At least for two hours, I'm reading through three newspapers. That's Mint, Economic Times and Business Standard. Sometimes I also skim through what the Financial Times has to say because you have to be aware of what's going around in the whole world and not just India. So that's what I do. And after that, I start with uh, you know the internal communications. That's the hiring for the firm. I you know see many CVs. I or look through many people's profile on LinkedIn. And then I schedule some of the interviews of the lawyers, non-lawyers, of for the people whom the firm might require. That's what I do. And after that, I also look into how we can improve the firm's branding. So for that, I take care of the media relations. I take care of the fact that What kind of webinar should we have? What kind of interview should we line up? What topic should I and others be writing on in the firm? You know, and there's a lot of knowledge management sessions that goes on in the firm because of which I also, you know, get to know some of the issues that I wouldn't have otherwise spotted because, you know, lawyers are very sharp and the way they narrate and understand and pick up things is very different. So I think that's where I pick up uh, some of my intelligence also from and write some of my posts. And then at the end of the day, I dedicate at least two hours or one and a half hour to my LinkedIn post. I research as to what I'm going to be writing on and then write about it. And yeah, that's how I end my day. And usually here and there, I keep on reading some of the articles on your story or, uh, you know, nice. I actually also read Vogue and other fashion magazines only for the fact that it's very well explained and very well written. The editors out there, really, you know, pen down into a flowery language, but it's it's something that they use their imagery and then pen down. So I think I love the writing style, and I just try to read some of the articles in that sense, so that I can also build upon it. So yeah, it's a very vivid and diversified <laughs> functional uh, role, if you go to see.
0: A bunch of reading man i would love to understand how do you develop that habit uh, because i have just never been able to always been a visual version but i think in the last one year i've i've tried to read but but when i compare it to this i, I i'd rather not talk about it <laughs> but uh, what i what picked up and it's, it's something which is intriguing me a lot is you said that that lawyers pick up things and explain things in a um, in a slightly different way than probably what what I would perceive or, or what any other general non-lawyer person would, would perceive could you uh you must have picked up a bunch of nuances could you probably list down a couple of like really interesting interesting nuances which you think uh, differentiates a lawyer or could help non-lawyers communicate properly or communicate in, in a much better way because you know communication is a core part of a lawyer's job
1: Yeah, so recently we discussed on the case study of Aurobindo Pharma, which is the second uh, largest pharma company in the world. You know, the news just said that the stock prices uh, rose uh, and the acquisition that they were going to do of a company, that's Cronus, uh, didn't take place. And this comes in the backdrop of the fact that the company was going to get acquired. And a week later, they're saying that, you know, we are not doing this acquisition and people on the streets are just rejoicing. So if you just read this news, you will just read the facts that, okay, this is what has happened and this is what is going to happen. But you never know what the law is actually saying, you know, why did the share price fall down? What was the reason when they announced the deal? And when the deal was called off, what was the reason that the share price, you know, rose? And what is the reason why the MD has now stepped down from Aurobindo Pharma? Why is it that uh, people are uh, contemplating it as a related party transaction, even though when it is not? You know, journalists in economic times quoted it as a related party transaction, when in law, it, it actually isn't. So, you know, you, you don't really get to pick up those things unless you hear about them. So I think this was something that I found interesting recently and also wrote on. And I'm reading on it as uh, I keep on reading the latest developments. And uh, I'm lucky in the fact that I have people around me to ask if I have any questions You know, promptly. So yeah, that was something interesting that I found recently.
0: Interesting. Um, A question that, uh, because you hang out with a lot of lawyers, what have you sort of figured out that they like some things about law that every general uh, Indian should know about, right? These are non-lawyers we're talking about uh things like two three things which will help everybody which probably you also you must have picked up as well that okay they talk about a lot of things probably this should have been taught to us or this should have been communicated more often through media or whatever
1: so the first is uh, they focus a lot on what you're speaking rather than how you're speaking Mm -hmm. most of the people get lost in their own flowery language their own accent and they forget the gist of what they're saying So your content is something that sells a lot and that is something lawyers are best at. The second is that, you know, focus on the facts first and then give your opinion rather than doing the vice versa. People generally, what they do is if they hear about a story, they'll start saying, oh, but I think this could have happened in my view. This is not right. This, that. Rather than explaining the facts and giving the other person the benefit of doubt to understand and contemplate their own thoughts and feelings, you know. Because if you give your own view, you've already positively or negatively displayed whatever it is, and you're not even giving them space to think or, uh, you know, judge something, you're already making a conclusion before giving the introduction. So I think this is, these are two main things that I have learned uh, from being around them
0: interesting do you you think because of this lawyers have probably and now this comes from this may sound very ignorant because i've I've not had lawyers at all around me but only when we are doing business transactions that's a very transactional conversation um do you think that makes lawyers more empathetic
1: yeah of course in fact uh, we have our value system in the firm and empathy is one of the most important uh, values that we look for in our people also So unless you step into the other person's shoes, I don't think so you can explain what they're looking for. You are day in and day out working for a client. And unless you can explain him in a simple language, I don't think the purpose can be resolved. So it's very important to have that uh, empathy factor in mind before starting or ending any conversation.
0: Interesting. If it's not confidential, could you break down what usually what law firms look for when they are hiring lawyers or even non-lawyers in their team because I'm I'm because I'm you're not a lawyer but you work very closely with all these lawyers and you have to gel in you have to understand their work at least a little bit and then eventually learn learn with them so what are some of the things which you which you kind of look for in your future or potential employees
1: okay so that there are a lot of things and I'll only speak for myself and the firm I'm working with so I'll just give you five main pointers The first is uh, how humorous the person is, you know, because if you are not happy with yourself, I don't think so you can make the other person happy. You can't make the client happy and you can't deliver good results if you yourself are sad and depressed in your life. So some element of humor and uh, that smile on your face is something that we look at. The second is humility, you know, in this profession you can fly as high as possible and come down as low as possible. So, you know, how do you hold to your own values? How do you hold to your own ground is something that really matters a lot. So it's the ethics, it's the innate moral values that you come, you know, with you is something that I look at, especially because technical skills, we feel that we can teach you and train you on. But these cultural values is something that you bring on the table. We can't teach you, you know, how to be more empathetic or how to have that uh, quality of being a trustworthy person. So that's the second part. The third is gratitude. You know, how thankful are you for the things and the opportunities that people have given you in the past and people might give you in the future? You know, many people come, many people talk negative about the uh, place that they're coming from. You know, that just highlights that they they don't have that quality of uh, gratitude that, you know, wherever they are today, I know time, times must have been bad in the past. Uh, things weren't good. But still, there's a way in which certain things need to be communicated. There's a way in which the decorum of the conversation needs to be maintained. And if you can't talk about uh, yourself in a very, uh, you know, structured way, I don't think so you'll be able to talk about it to the client also. So just a normal general conversation, how you and I are having determines a lot about how you must be having a conversation with your client, how friendly you must be. So that is something that we look at. The fourth thing is, uh, how focused are you? You know, how, to, how, how much of truth can you speak and not just faff? If I ask you, why did you leave your previous firm? And if you give me different kind of reasons, that means that you're just not thankful for what has happened and you just want to put the blame on others. You want to put the excuse on somebody else's shoulder, But uh, a different person would just say that, you know, whatever has happened has happened. It is what it is. I think it's time to move on. Let's not go there and discuss. It's the past. I'm here in the present in front of you. You ask me what you want from me. This is what I can bring to the table. And uh, this is what you can expect from me. Let's just not go into that uh, conversation and uh, go in the past. Let's talk about now. So I think there's a way in which you speak, you conduct yourself, all of that really comes into your personality. And, you know, it's this job is very client centric. You have to sit into boardrooms, negotiations. And if you don't have a very strong personality, people will just pull you down and they will just try to demean you in, in different ways or the other. You know, you really can't control different person's behavior in a boardroom where people are coming from different, different organizations. So how do you command a position of strength without being arrogant is something that uh, is looked at in a very subtle way in a normal conversation. And the last and the final thing is general smartness. How well read are you? Are you just someone who reads about the uh, industry that you are in? Or are you generally curious to go beyond and read about what's going around? So yeah, that awareness is something that I look at. Because if you're not aware, you wouldn't like to go beyond what's being told to you, you will just be a slave of instructions. You wouldn't be an innovator or the thinker to, you know, come up with something new. So yeah, that is, those are the five parameters briefly that uh, we specifically look at.
0: While these things are really nuanced, hard to tell the difference in a 30 minute interview. So now my question is, do you gauge these things in the interview or in the probation period whenever the, uh, the partner or the employee joins?
1: Oh, no, no, we're very selective in terms of our hiring. It's like we're allowing somebody into our own family. It's like a family, you know, you're in the firm. We're just about 8 to 10 people and closely bonded. And, uh, you know, we don't like to become a firm with lots of headcount, but we want to become a firm with brain count. you know, you should be sharp and uh, you shouldn't become a firm with just lots of volume, you know, so uh, I think I gauge that in different rounds. I don't, of course, uh, see that in 30 minutes of interview. We have different rounds of interview. The first is just general human interaction. The second round is on our value system. where specifically, I get to, you know, analyze what kind of a person are you? What are your interpretations of the world? How do you see life? And generally, how do you perceive things from your end? And I think in this second round, I get to figure a lot of things about a person. And of course, the third round is about technical round, um, wherein... You know a lawyer would be asking questions around legalities of the transaction that a person has dealt in and so on and so forth i think so yeah the rounds are split into different ways and that's how we gauge it of course not in the first sense is it ever possible to just you know quickly say that oh you're, you're just not good it's not even fair for the for you to you know judge a person so far so soon
0: before we end the show just quickly want to ask you an open-ended question um If you could go back in life, professional life, personal life, like in general, just change one event, one instance, one decision, just one thing, what would that one thing be?
1: I don't think so I would change anything because then I would be a changed person today. So I wouldn't go back in time to change anything. And rather, why do I waste my time going back in time and thinking about what will I change? i rather spend that time today and think as to what can I achieve today and in the future. So I wouldn't... uh, change per se but if I had to make a change today it'll be just to you know be more punctual and more organized I think that's the only two things that I like to change about myself others are I mean it's just great
0: otherwise I I always expect this answer whenever I ask this question because I feel it's the most trick question I know simplest trick question because everybody comes back and starts thinking I'll change it I'll change this you're the second person on the show who who said this thing and uh, I think it's, it's really fascinating because the moment you change something in the past, you change your present. But that brings us to the end of the show. It was really nice talking to you, a very different conversation. I enjoyed a lot. I think a lot of, uh, got to understand and know a lot of things which I didn't know personally. And now I'm intrigued to know like a lot more about probably what you do and lawyers in general. And I'm definitely going to be more curious whenever I'm going to talk to our legal team next in, in any kind of deal, which I am so, like I feel bad for not being that curious in those meetings. Things now but uh, really cool talking to you. We'll quickly move to one of like my my favorite rounds. Um Chotas around it, it's like a rapid fire round, but quick answers. Okay, we'll we'll do quick answers. Name one creator slash entrepreneur that inspires you. Uh
1: Kunal Shah.
0: Uh what's your guilty pleasure?
1: I think food. I'm, I'm a very big foodie. Uh
0: thing that you not do not like about content creation and writing.
1: That people uh start posting about their personal journeys, which become kind of repetitive and boring sometimes.
0: And one thing that you particularly love about writing?
1: Oh, that it just uh, helps you explore a part of your own that you never thought existed. So it's just something magical that happens when you start uh, unlocking (laughs) your thoughts.
0: Interesting. So movies or books, whichever you consume more, uh, three favorite movies slash books.
1: You know what? I consume none of them. I just consume news. <laughs> Let me put it across wow. as that. Okay. I'm actually a person who doesn't read a lot uh, in terms of books. and Not at all? In terms of books, I don't read a lot, uh, be it fiction or non-fiction. I just read articles and newspapers and movies, so I rarely watch. I mean, only if I'm going to a theater for some good songs come movie, then I'll go. Otherwise, I'm not a movie
0: person. The next question was actually a movie book that transformed your life. And I feel like, like, quickly chuck this question. <laughs> um, One life mantra, one thing which you feel that you truly believe in, like, if you, if it, you, it could be boiled down to just one thing. Yeah,
1: Execution. I think many people ideate, many people think, but there are very few that get it done. So I think execution is very challenging, yet very important in life.
0: But genuinely, just want to thank you again for coming on the show. It was lovely speaking with you. And um, I hope we can continue this conversation in another light. And of course, I can get to know more about this world of... uh, of lawyers. And and I think it's really interesting right now. I just know what suits tells me, which I'm sure is very delusional on a lot of fronts. Uh, would love to be not delusioned and and get to know the real, the real world.